I'm like 40 minutes into the Beatles doc and I can't finish it. Why are you even watching the Beatles doc? Why am I even watching it? Yeah. I feel like that's the kind of thing that you'd be like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. Because, you know, I hate the Beatles. But you know what I do love? How fucking hot Paul McCartney was. (laughs) He was fucking hot. What's the song you get stuck in your head most or like comes into your head out of nowhere? So mine changes. Mine cha- mine's changed many times in, in the last few years, but I'm just curious if you have um, one. Mine is probably from the children's video Veggie Tales. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, sure. A song about a chocolate bunny that just yeah. goes, the bunny, the bunny, ooh, I love the bunny. Veggie Tales is a a very religious. It's a religious, isn't um, it? Just it's all like, isn't it Bible tales? Yeah, it's Bible stories. But for whatever Uh reason, my kids got their hands on some Veggie Tales toys when they were little. Listen, what's wrong with vegetables? Yeah, I mean, and then they wound up just watching a lot of um, animated Bible stories that I don't think. really sunk in it didn't make them religious but i would say probably my entire family the main song we get stuck in our head is about the bunny recently the last little bit of time for me it's been no wait that's wrecking ball um shit now i can't think of what it is because now i have wrecking ball stuck in my head but it's (laughs) it's like it's the Katy Perry fireworks song. Oh, Which yeah. Maybe, is that how, now that I say it? Is that the same song? It could be like maybe a mashup of firework and wrecking ball. Maybe someone has already done it, but I get it. I get how those go together well, and anyway, blend together. Do you know, have, do you, have you ever read the theory that if you have a song stuck in your head, the best solution is just to play it through on your phone, just listen to it through? I do that. It's because I, do that. I think something like because you're not singing the whole thing, you're usually just like singing a part, Looping. and it's like your mm-hmm. your brain is trying to like get closure. And so I don't if know if just- it's I don't know if it's true or not, but in the play Slave Play, which is back up on Broadway for sixty nine performances. Oh. oh shit! I just deleted an email. I didn't want to delete. Oh well. Anyway, uh, you know, guys, light housekeeping, top of the hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but in the play Slave Play by Jeremy O'Harris, um, they talk about how songs being stuck in your head on a loop has an association or a tie to OCD. Yeah, that makes sense. Which does make sense to me, but that's not something I've ever read anywhere or know to be true other than from what he wrote in that play and a character says, and then I believe that. So, yeah. But I do think that, because I do have some forms of... OCD yes. and the song things when I'm stressed out, you know what I've been getting? Oh, Jesus, all day today. I've been having the like word aphasia thing again where I'm saying one word for another word, but it makes the sentence nonsensical. Yeah. So like I was just buying some crystals. Okay. On my way home from work, I stopped. I jumped out of the car. Like Honestly, do. I do that. My dry. I have a driver, you know, like a transpo driver from Girls 5 Eva. Yeah. He's, we have the same because of COVID protocols and everything. Yeah. The same person drives me every single day. And 
Giovanni, what's up? Not that he listens to this podcast, but um, he's so great. But sometimes I do think I freak him out because I'm like, I'm just going to jump out here. And I just, <laughs> I just like bolt out of the car. And I, you know, part of his job, I think, is like getting me home safe. Yeah. I had that job one day and it wasn't, it wasn't fun that day. To get some, to get me home safe? Yeah. Oh, when I was drunk? Yes. Yeah. That was, I was mean. <laughs> you were just drunk. I was just like, I was drunk and I was just like, I didn't understand why you were driving so slow. Yeah, you because I was a real drive, backseat driver. You made me drive your car. I'm not, but see, I'm not with jo- with Giovanni. I'm just like put in my headphones. I like scroll through Instagram. I yeah, I occasionally get stoned, and then just I'm like jump out, at, and then I just jump out when I see a crystal shop because oh because. Well, first I'll tell you what I said. The guy asked if he could take the um price tags off of the crystals for me. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I said, yeah, because it's so hard for me with the phone numbers. <laughs> oh, okay. what did I mean? You meant price tags. I or... meant my fingernails. Oh, fingernails. Oh, it's so hard for okay. me with my fingernails. Oh, okay. But then I was embarrassed. Um, not stoned. Not yeah. anything. Just just yeah. emotionally and Listen. overwhelmed Listen. and exhausted. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. Maybe you were thinking digits, like your fingers mm. and phone numbers are both referred to mm. as digits. So maybe. maybe it's not as bad as you thought. Maybe it, it was makes like the fourth time today I've sense. said something that was like, <laughs> that's not the word. That's when, not the right word at all. That happened to me a lot when I was pregnant. I know that I would be mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm just definitely remember. not pregnant. I'm currently bleeding. If you follow my, <laughs> if you follow my, my menses cycle, you know that I bleed on a new moon and I ovulate on a full moon. You want to knock me up, find me on a full moon. You want to get some gushy period blood, new moon. find me on a new moon. All right. No, but I was getting crystals. You want to know why I was getting crystals? Why? I jumped, leapt out of Giovanni's car. He was like, I'll see you in the morning. He was like, (laughs) bye. Um, Two, twofold. Number one, it's one Ms. Sarah Bareilles' birthday. Oh, happy tomorrow, birthday, Sarah. December 7th. Okay. But two, oh no, I'm going to get through this without crying. I don't feel like I'm going to cry today. I really don't because I've cried so much that I can't imagine where they would come from. <laughs> These tears. Um, tomorrow, Birdie and Mark... Bertie's father, <laughs> in case you haven't been paying attention. Thank you for the m- reminder. You're welcome. Are going to Los Angeles because there is a premiere for the television show with love that Bertie is in. Aww. And Bertie is invited to the premiere. And for a one for one brief, wonderful moment in time, the schedule of Girls 5 Eva had me off work Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Thus being able to go and be and see Birdie. Oh my God. It's okay. It's okay. It's not even like they're not even going to show the episode that Birdie's 
one of the episodes Birdie's in because they're showing at the premiere, they're showing the first two episodes, but I'm just so proud of them. And I wish I could be there to see it. And in so many ways, I'm trying to like justify it to myself. I'm sure it's better because, you know, they get to be there on their own, like without their mom, who's constantly stealing focus. (laughs) And, you know, but like, I would have liked to have, been able to go so I leapt out of the car to get some crystals because if I've done one thing right in my parenting it's that Birdie's a real crystal bitch (laughs) and so I got Birdie a few crystals to bring with for like good luck and strength and protection and aww that's so nice it's gonna be great I know. And so Carla Welch originally was like, you know, my stylist, Carla Welch, everybody at home, for those of you at home, um, originally was like, yeah, I'd love to like, let me dress. I'll dress you guys both. But then I was, I wasn't coming. And then Carla was like, well, this is a little tricky for me because right. First of all, people don't lend to 13 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like truly. Yeah. It's not a thing that, you know, they're like, right. Um, but anyway, it was a little, so then Carla was like, but Bertie's like, uh, I don't know. What does Bertie want to wear? Like just have them, whatever. So on Saturday I took Bertie to the local free people shop. Oh, nice. The teens love free people. Okay. You know what that brand is? Yes. And Bertie picked out literally the coolest, cutest outfit of all time. Oh, great. And so we we got that for, I got that for them to wear. And then the pants need to be taken in, but the tailor that I always use in Los Angeles is just going to do it on Wednesday before for Birdie. Because I was like, I didn't even know who to call here. And I wanted to make sure that it came back in time. And That is going to be perfect. I know. That is all going to be perfect. And by the way, Birdie is going to have a million more premieres if they want to if they want we don't even know right and wait do you remember your first premiere sure were your parents there well no I mean I was 19 or whatever 20 Mm. yeah interesting I'm trying to think if I would have like how I would have been at 13 I don't I went a lot of places alone when I was 13 because I was like in uh, oh, drum- I know. I was in a drum and bugle corps, and we toured around the country, and sometimes Canada. Birdie's interested in uh. Well, here's the thing. I guess maybe I can talk about it. <laughs> I who fucking knows. I'm after Girls Five of a Raps later in the spring. Yeah, I'm taking Birdie to do a trial of a boarding school in Europe. Oh, exciting. <laughs> Which, by the way, for all of you, are like, ooh, must be nice. It's cheaper than their school here. Yeah. It's not the, like, money suck that you would think it is. Right. But it, you know, especially if you're already paying for school, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But also, and listen, like, I, after this past week, I can't. Oh, my God, Casey, I'm so sorry. Don't be sorry. 
you know, Bertie's been saying for a long time, like, how could you stay here in this country? How could you stay here after you knew what you knew about it? How could you stay here? Why would you have children here? And I've been, you know, teenagers are like, that's their job, right? To yeah. be, to push to your buttons and to say things like that, thing, right? Yes. Yes. And I've been like, because Birdie, what? Our lives are here. Our work is here. Our existence is, our friends are here. Our existence is here. And I believe in the in the promise, I believe in like the ability for us to make this a better place. I believe that it can be done. I believe that part of my being born with inherent privilege is because I am one of the people that will, can help, you know? Sure. It, yeah. In, in the, in those ways and all of these like fundamental things that you are, so rightfully pointing out at like age 12 or age like 11, yeah. whatever. And, and, and then, and then this past like f- five, five, five days, I think. I mean, I really was like on the phone with Michelle. We were both kind of, we're just, I mean, everybody's, you know, we're, everyone's exhausted. Yeah. And it just feels so insurmountable and so dystopian and not clear how a path, a path forward is not clear. Right. Because it, it just isn't. And, and we were, you know, and she said something like, well, maybe we just, maybe we call it and maybe we move to like Copenhagen or something. And I was like, Oh my God, have you been talking to Bertie? <laughs> like Bertie wants to move to the Netherlands. Bertie wants to move. But so I guess like it's hard. It's really hard. But my point being back to Bertie trying boarding school, if they want to try boarding school, if that is a thing that would make them feel safer. Right. I would, I'm a hundred percent on board with keeping my children safe. Yeah. That's like, that is a fact. And Bertie said, look, I don't, I mean, and this is, you know, the other thing, like I'm not, Bertie fundamentally doesn't believe that they are safe here. And I don't right. disagree. I don't actually disagree. I don't disagree that I don't think either one of my children are safe here mm. in this country. Yeah, that's really, it's, it's very difficult it's very difficult and yes you're right it's a 13 year old's job to poke holes in be provocative yeah and and be provocative it's also a time where it is exhausting I've been just kind of feeling like when people are like how could this happen I'm like yes this is what we told you all would happen this is this is what we said would would happen this is why we said you know, vote in every election, vote in every election. And I'm sorry that you don't feel warm fuzzies for the pantsuit lady, but the Supreme court is at stake. We said that we said that a million times. So now, you know, people's incredulity is, um, 
a little ridiculous to me. I'm just over, I'm over like reactionary reactions in general. Like I'm so yeah. tired of people being like, what about the mo- what's ha- I don't even know what's happening here. And I'm like, it's obvious no, what's happening. Obviously. Like, well, no. And by the way, I'm with you. Like, yeah, you know, of course. I think I yeah. talked about this on the podcast that I was at that mom's dinner and I, and some, and one of the, after the Texas law, the Texas law right. was first right. passed and was doing the whole thing. Right. You couldn't have known. I was like, we all fucking knew, baby. You just weren't paying attention. Um, I'm a hit at the mom dinner parties, guys. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> I was like, guys, can we not invite Busy Phillips? She <laughs> has two glasses of wine and then he's just a real bitch about abortion. <laughs> um, that's that's good, though. Get get disinvited from the mom dinner. That just frees up time to do I other mean, things. To, to be fair, yes. But, but however, 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 the confluence yeah. of the shooting in Michigan... Yeah. The parents and all of the text, like all of the information that was revealed behind the kid. Yeah. And the parents of responsible for yeah. that shooting. Yeah. In sort of, you know, in conjunction with the loss, the the clear, the clear you know, de- like degradation of whatever the, the justice system was supposed to be. I mean, right. it is a degradation. Yeah. It's insane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, in- it's insane. Amy Coney Barrett saying the thing about like, <laughs> I mean, which I'm like, it is, as I say, like I was, I've been so angry about, it all, and then yeah. as you say it, it's so fucking insane and so ridiculous yeah. that like, I it's almost unfathomable. I was on set with a man working a, with a an actor, yeah, who is a man who's a bit a little bit older, mm-hmm. and last week, and I said something as I do almost daily at work or whatever, like something about, well, when Roe, well, now that Roe's going to be fucking gone, blah, 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 blah. And a minute passed and he was like, what did you, who, who's Roe? And I was like, what? And he was like, what do you, what did you mean when Roe's, when Roe's gone? And I was like, Roe? Like, um, talking about the Supreme Court. And he's like, well, but what's Roe? (sighs) <sighs> well, well, sir, well, where do I begin? That is, uh, that's a great example. And it, maybe it's an example that we can all use for ourselves because that's a great example of not caring about something that will not affect you. You know, it, whether it's because he never paid attention or because his time to pay attention is in the past that's a really very vivid example of somebody not paying attention to something that doesn't affect them. And I will say that a lot of white women are paying attention to something now when it feels like it's about to affect us when in truth, 
People have been sounding this alarm for a long, long, long time. So that's like, well, I mean, I I also want to make that. I mean, it's this disproportionately affects black and brown women in our country, but also the poor, poor women. Yes. Poor women. Like white women who are poor. Right. Are also disproportionately, you know, are also affected, but they are not the ones like these are the not, they're not the moms at the dinner party. Right. Who are like, how did this happen? We're having a problem with waiting until awareness trickles up to us. And we know that things don't trickle up. They trickle down. So trying to let awareness trickle up to you, it's fighting, uh, a hard battle. So I guess the thing is to try to be, but I don't know. It has really made me question human nature. If it is possible for the majority of humans to look at something that doesn't necessarily affect them, but that does affect other humans and say like, this is wrong. This is unjust. I have seen this time through this Supreme court. I, I've seen more men than ever speaking out than I ever I have. have. So I'm glad for you. I'm glad I'm, you have. I'm glad, but also it's kind of late. It's kind of late to be making tweets. You know what I mean? And like, I appreciate it. And I appreciate men coming forward and saying, I have benefited from abortion rights, but it's kind of late. But I'll take it. And I'm hopeful for the future Because I think like men do that, more men see it, younger men, it just becomes a habit to like step forward and and represent for each other. But I do think that as a country, as a human race, we have to get better at listening to people that are different than us saying, this is my experience, this is bad, this is happening this is dystopian this is unjust instead of being like ah i don't know i'm doing okay though it seems like it sucks for you let me tell you let's just let's just have a conversation real fast about an experience i had with someone that i was friends with okay a few years ago okay wherein this person was like i don't really know about this issues so like I can't really I can't take a stand Mm. and I'm like well okay there are certain things that are like if you haven't thought about them then that like you need to start doing that work right like then why haven't you thought about them you know this is yeah this is like I'm specifically talking about like the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. But let's make, let's apply it to anything, any issue. You don't, you don't have to just pick one thing. Right. That you care about in your life. Right. Because we know that there's like a fucking myriad of things, especially right now, that are fucked yeah, a lot's on fire. A lot is on fire. But just because I don't understand, I mean, I don't under, I literally do not understand hunting or right. like gun culture. Right. I know enough. I don't know enough. I just know what I think is correct. Right. Like, 
people shouldn't be able to stockpile weapons. There right. shouldn't be uh, like military grade assault rifles in right. our homes and on the streets. Like there are far too many guns in this right. country. Right. That, I mean, I don't know what the fuck. You know, Shannon Watts, who's like incredible, who started I Moms love, Demand. Yeah, Shannon Watts and I She's are incredible. Buds. Yeah. And I remember I like met her at this lunch several, many years ago, many, many mm-hmm. years ago now. And I remember at the time feeling like, it's just insurmountable. And she was like, anytime people say that, here's what I want to say. And she rattled off like 15 things that had happened that year that were, that were progress, like in yeah. terms of gun control and safety and, and look, like it's not, she's, she's like a perfect example of someone who just is not giving up and moving to Sweden, yeah. you know, like she's just like methodically like, this is what, this is what we do. And it's, right. and it's going to feel on days like when you see those text messages from the parents to that kid, when you hear what the school tried, how the school tried to intervene and they were shut down and you feel like a rage, I don't know about a rage, like no other. I felt a rage. Yes. This pa- this school shooting in Michigan has made me, it, it's like. <sighs> because so many people knew. So many people, so there were people so knew. many opportunities to stop That's right. what happened. It That's was right. in a sea of senseless. Violence, yeah. Violence like this. On, this on, couldn't, couldn't have predicted. A nice, quiet kid. This was like. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. We literally told you yesterday. We told you this morning. And by the way, like, I I mean, this is just my gut. I feel like he was openly doing these things in school, asking to be caught. He wrote, to be be caught. Of course, 100%. You know, he, and so, and was like searching for ammo. Well, that's like, to me, that's the biggest. These are, ugh. He was asking to be caught. This is the thing that's like, He was asking, he was asking for, he was literally, he was actually literally asking for someone to intervene and, and every parents were like, LOL Z. Right. Right. Here is why here's why this tragedy and it's the millionth. I mean, I stood pregnant with Eli watching Columbine unfold. It's been just a part of, and that wasn't the first school shooting. It was just the first worst, you know, in, in a long time that had been. But again, I paid so much close attention because I was pregnant with a boy. You know what I mean? And like, mm. again, it's a thing mm. that had been going on and it just came to my attention and lodged in my brain because suddenly it felt like it was affecting me. I'm about to have a boy in this world where boys are not okay. And boys are channeling their anger in ways that are not just unhealthy, but literally deadly for other people. So that's a whole thing. So So that's like, you know, no, right. Because wait, because like this, Mark and I were talking about this because, you know, we've had a kid that has like struggled, you know, like, yeah, I know several other people who, especially in the last two years, whose kids have really struggled. 
Mm-hmm. And they've and they and they've turned it inward, you know? Yeah. Like to themselves. Yeah. And what is it about boys that that so easy like that they they don't turn it, they don't hurt themselves. They're not self-harming, generally speaking. Some of them are. They're right. not generally self-harming. They're like going outward with it. But of course, access, access is fucking it. Yeah. Access is everything. That was the thing that the lady at Child Mind Institute that we spoke with, you know, during the pandemic when like things were hard and, you know, God, it's really hard to like talk about this stuff, but whatever. There had been a like friend of Birdie's that had had a a crisis. Like an attempt, yeah, a crisis. Yeah. yeah. And out of just, I mean, I didn't know what to do and I was afraid for my own kid. And so I asked one of the therapists that we work with um, what to do. And she said, okay, well, first of all, I want to explain something to you that, um, kids are incredibly impulsive, incredibly impulsive. And um, if you remove that, whatever it is, get a, get a few lock boxes in your right. home and like all of the Tylenol, anything that they could take, any prescription drugs, anything right. sharp, you put in the lock boxes. The... It's like a proven statistic right. that a delay of, this is what she told, a delay of five minutes can change a child's decision of doing something drastic. A delay of right. five fucking minutes right? of just having right. to like go to somewhere to get something sharp or whatever. In that time, their brain shifts. Yeah. Like, imagine how many kids are like, yeah, I'm like homicidal, but they don't have access, you know, like, but they have no access to guns or whatever. And so they're just like, well, I think, well, let's, I mean, it's a little late, but we should say trigger warning since we're talking about suicide and suicidal ideation. Maybe you just say it in the, maybe just say it in the, yeah, we'll say it in the description. Add it. But, um, but I will say, yeah, I read. I once read an article that all suicide is kind of impulsive. In that, I was reading something about where every person that had ever survived jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge to a person right. said the first thing they thought was, "Why did I do this? I don't want to have done this." And so, and it was in. A, it was part of a larger article from a mother whose son had died by suicide and she said that it that knowing that suicide can be and is often especially with younger people a really impulsive act it was a comfort to her because that was saying this wasn't my son all the time this was him it was in this him in this moment, moment. sure in this and, worst moment yeah yes and so this is what happened and it's sad but it wasn't who he was every moment of every day of his life. But what I will say about the gun thing is that, well, we just have this like 
gunny gun gun culture, right? Where it's presented as like, it's everything. It's sex, it's coolness, it's prosperity, it's wealth, it's status. And also it's presented as a solution. Like this is a problem solver to Mm. kids and, you Mm. know, not a tool, not even, Mm. I mean, People say, oh, well, we have this to defend our family, but Mm. it's like, you know, a lot of these people are looking for the opportunity to have something to defend against. And that is just, it's just a sickness in the culture. You do not need to open carry a large weapon into your coffee shop. It's like so much is getting blurred. So much is getting blurred and it's like, okay, so you have this gun because you're afraid and you want to be ready at any moment to defend yourself and you want to brandish it in Starbucks, but then that that's a threat to me. Right. And so now I'm afraid. I'm being made to feel afraid instead of just being able to live my life. And so I just... I think the gun thing is tough. I think like everything that's sort of rotten in our country, money is at the center of it, money and power. And I don't even really think like for the people that, for the people that are pushing this agenda, I don't even think, I don't think that they would care if it was like tennis rackets, if they had like settled on tennis rackets as like everyone had a right to have tennis rackets and if that could make them really wealthy and no, powerful. But this is what I'm saying. This is what, that's what the abortion thing is. But right. the, the problem is that the people who have bought into this agenda, the average fucking voting Americans or whatever have bought right. into the thing that they've been sold by right. people who do not give a fuck about them. Well, Don't give right, a fuck. Because we can look at it. I mean, like, how can you say that you are pro-life when at every turn, other than a little clump of fetal cells, you are not in favor of someone being able to live their life. You will not give them health care. You will not give them education. You will not give them supplementary food or any type of assistance. You will not protect their lives from another kid with a gun. You will, in fact, fight for that kid's right to have a gun so that he can end the lives. None of these things. Or you'll lionize and and, and put you know, a teenager like Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, these, these people, this is like these people I've turned into an old person. (laughs) Now I've turned into like just an old fucking person who says things like these people. But like, I do think that the parents of the shooter in Michigan for a hundred percent were like Kyle Rittenhouse was a hero. I believe that in my core. I believe you that the, I believe in my core that the narrative in their house and they probably vocalized it was that that doesn't Ricky Schroeder think that Kyle. I don't know. I don't follow what Ricky Schroeder has to say because he's literally the most irrelevant human of all time. Didn't Ricky Schroeder raise money to help Kyle Rittenhouse? So, I mean, Yeah, a lot of people think that, but it just, it doesn't make any sense. How can you say that you are for someone's life and then assist someone in... (laughs) 
being able to end I mean, the Casey, lives of others. How could they say? How could anyone claim? You know these the the people who claim that they're quote unquote pro life send me death and rape threats, right? Because I right. spoke out about my own abortion, right? Yeah, that so makes this sense. Is guys. What I'm, this You're is really what I'm fucking saying. following the playbook to a T. This is what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. It's Jesus not logical. Jesus is on your side. It's not right. logical at all. I, There's a lot of devil's advocate. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. There's no need. They, they We've given them the benefit no of need. the doubt. We've heard. We've no, heard the agenda. We know. Here's the other thing, though. I just, like, don't. But what the fuck is going to. This is this is where I'm at, though. And this is why I was, like, so. so this is why I've been so. I mean. What the fuck is going to change it? A fucking reason. Yes. This is all of it. This all is all of it because this the is Supreme where Court's- it's on us. This is where it's on us. It's on every white person who did not get involved in the civil rights movement. It's on every man who did not get involved with the women's movement and help with reproductive rights in the first place. It's on every feminist who was a white feminist. But Casey, it feels, but it feels, I swear to God, as a person who's been like fighting the fucking good fight for a minute, a minute. Yeah. In my adult life, it feels too late. It feels like the ship fucking sailed because we, because they allowed, because the Democrats, the people that we elected, allowed the court to get stacked. Now, listen, did they let, you know, they just fucking rolled over when the Republicans wouldn't let, wouldn't approve Merrick Garland before Obama left, right? Just fucking rolled over. They're like Gina with her fucking vag in the air on my bed, (laughs) you know? And now, and now what? Like, I just don't understand. It's like as if the the Democrats, I swear to God, it's I swear to you, I feel like the Democrats in office are like, but let's just play the game, guys. Let's just like do the thing that we've always done. And the other people are like, they, these motherfuckers are like out for literal blood and yeah. they don't give a fuck. They right. don't give a fuck. January right. 6th, nothing. What fucking... That Marjorie Taylor motherfucking bitch, whatever, still in office. Right. Still in office. What, but that other guy, that's what I'm saying. Jacob, whatever his name is, still in office. So what the people, fuck? People showed up to elect Marjorie Taylor Greene. And right? people didn't show up to oppose Marjorie Taylor Greene. Not enough. So that's what I'm saying. It's on It's on us to be active every fucking day. Like the fact that there's not clean water in Flint still, that's on us. I know we elected a government, but it's like we're not holding their feet to the fire. You know what I mean? Like the January 6th insurrection was fucking crazy. It was crazy. treason. It was treason. But you Definitely. know, we're so divided. We can't even make a plan of like how to deal with the crazy treasonous thing that they did. So I just I just feel like it's on us to hold elected officials feet to the fire, but also it's fucking exhausting because we, what do we do? I mean, do you have Elizabeth Warren's email still? Like, do we just fucking email her? Like, I don't know what we do. I'm actually saying I get it. And I feel like, yes, I, I am. I want to do that. I would like to do that, but it is, 
increasingly difficult to even, I'm on the fucking calls. I'm on the stupid fucking, if I can't figure it the fuck out, right. how is any other motherfucker supposed to figure it out? I'm serious. Right. I testified before Congress about my fucking abortion. And I'm like, well, here we are. Guess right. this is it. Because right. you can't fucking win a system that's rigged against all of it right. when the people that you've like elected into power are like, well, let's just wait and see, guys. Let's just see what happens. We don't right. want we don't want them to retaliate. It's like right. they already have. Right. What more could they do? Yeah, I mean, I do I think that well, I think we as citizens have to ask ourselves like all of these committees and these calls and these things that we're doing, like we really have to analyze and s- ask ourselves a bunch of questions, which is like, A, how effective is this that we're doing? Is it affecting any change whatsoever? Is it just an organization that is raising money to raise awareness, to pay a bunch of staff people who are like enriching themselves. You know, there's a number of causes that are like this. So we have to separate what are the legit causes versus like what are some that maybe don't have like an effective track record. You know, I remember back when Shantira was with us talking about like how when you start to get passionate about something, how it's so important to look into it and to see if somebody's already doing the work and you can like join their organization that they have, you know, a way of going about things. And I think that's really, really smart. But I also feel like so many people are trying to be brave and trying to stand up and then people around them aren't supportive. Like, you know, you're super outgoing and, and your, you know, personality is like your whole thing. It's your career, but other people are, <laughs> other people are trepidatious. Put that and on a nervous. fucking t-shirt. Your personality is like your whole thing. It's your career. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like people are, people are nervous and they're, you know, uh, like people get nervous going into a store that feels too fancy. I get nervous going into stores. I know. This is what I'm saying. So I just think that like, it's really weird when someone who's supposed to be on your team is like, oh, are you sure you want to do that? Like, because here's, you know, I know there's eight things right with the thing that you're trying to do, but here's the two things that are wrong and you should have known that. And it's just like everybody who's doing the best they can is doing the best they can. And then a bunch of people aren't doing shit. Well, I mean, I would say the majority of people aren't doing shit. Right. Is what I would say. Right. And I think that's like, that is one of the dangers of the United States is it is a very comfortable place for a lot of people. People can live a comfortable life here. And then next thing you know, something happens and you're like, oh shit, I didn't know that 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 was happening. Like the rug has just been pulled out from under me. But I will say this. I I do remain hopeful because I also remember just like that, just in a snap of a finger, gay marriage becoming legal for everyone. No, and, I know. What I was a, there. and what a day that was. I you was know, there. I do I remember too. You know, I remember AIDS going from being a death sentence to HIV being something that people could live with for a good, long, healthy, active life. That's something that has come true like in my time in this country. So I am hopeful. And I'm hopeful that these parents are being held responsible for their role in this gun 
tragedy, this crime, this horrific thing that should not, absolutely should not have happened. Um, And I'm hopeful because that is out of the ordinary for this country. In the past, we have just thrown up our hands and said, well, there's nothing we could do about it. You know, whether like we're going to try this kid as an adult or as a child, like that's the only choice. And here we have the responsible parties who provided this child with a weapon who failed to secure this weapon here they're being charged and that is uncommon and it makes me hopeful for a new direction that we could be going in but we god we got to fucking work every day and it is so tiring and it wouldn't be so tiring if everyone did some of the work yeah cuz i got news for you every republican they mm. fucking work. We can make memes about them and we can mock them and talk about how bad their spelling is and how bad their clothes are. These are the things that I've heard. We're making like internet jokes about these people and I get it. I get it. But they fucking are out there doing their work, their horrible, terrible work every racist. fucking day. They're yeah, they're being racist like it's their job. They're being misogynistic yeah, like true. it's their job. They're being regressive like it's their job. You know what I mean? Nobody fucking hesitated. Nobody has ever fucking hesitated to step up and speak their rotten mind. Uh, you know what I mean? These people that are in opposition to these ideas that you and I hold, they have never hesitated to send us a death threat because they think it's their job and they do it every day. <laughs> Don't I fucking know it. It's why I moved to New York, y'all. <laughs> oh, now you know. <laughs> Each and every. How many times? How many times do we have to tell you that you want your pits to smell like Christmas pits? Yeah, people have been writing me about Christmas pits on Instagram, and I love it. I love it too, but also I love clean beauty. I like my pits being natural. I like my pits not having parabens, baking soda, um aluminum i don't want that in my pits i want ethically sourced ingredients in these pits i want six simple safe ingredients in these pits and i'd like it to smell like christmas i want pits so clean you could eat off them i want pits that don't get weird rashy bumpies because the stuff that's in the stuff that i put in my pits to make them smell good make my skin all upset because it's disgusting stuff. I want each and every. I love it. I love it. I've got it. Actually, I don't I don't want it. I got it. <laughs> I have an entire wardrobe of each and every and I change it up to suit my moods. But right now, I'm fully into festive holiday pits. But I do think it's like important to mention guys, if you're into clean beauty, that should extend towards your armpits as well. Because you need a worry-free natural deodorant that does what it is designed to do and feels good on your skin, goes on silky smooth, doesn't break you out. The scents are incredible. 
everybody, I've gotten everybody in my personal life, my real personal life, I've got everyone I know onto this deodorant. And I want you to be on it too. And Casey wants you to be on it too. This is simple. Guys, go order each and every for yourself and for all of the clean beauty lovers in your life for Christmas. They have, or Hanukkah is over, or Kwanzaa is coming. Check out, or New Year's, why not? Check out their amazing bestsellers set. And they have this collection of minis, which is perfect for gifts or stocking stuffers. And our listeners, you, you, hey, you, you're going to get 30% off your first purchase. To get the offer, go now to our special URL, eachandevery.com slash best. Use promo code BEST30. Don't miss out. 30% off of our favorite deodorant. Use promo code BEST30 at eachandevery.com slash best. Woo, blue land. I've been cleaning. I've been trying to keep things clean, you know, because it's the holidays. I've been, I've been sweeping things up. I've been making different kinds of things and needing to wipe things down. And also that cold and flu season, even though there's some germs about that are not, that are not coves. They're just, just, it's just cold and flu season. You know what I want to do? Keep it germs. I want to keep it clean. I want to keep it clean. And you know what else I want to do? I want to keep it uh, pretty, pretty eco-friendly is what I want to keep it. Good for the environment. Yes. Yes. It's too much plastic in the world. Too much. So that's why we love Blue Land. I love Blue Land. Blue Land was founded on the belief that a cleaner planet starts at home. It's a very simple idea. You buy the bottle once. The bottle's cute. And, uh, and that's all you need to do because then you just refill it. There's no plastic waste. Right. So you fill the Blue Land beautiful Instagrammable bottles with warm water. Pop in one of the hand soaps or the spray cleaner tabs. Within minutes, you have powerful, effective cleaning products in the most incredible sense. Iris agave, Parian lemon, lavender eucalyptus. And you don't have to lug around big, heavy bottles. Just a little tablet. Mix it up. Well, and now um, Blue Land teamed up with Disney um, to create a magical collection of hands up. You know I'm a real Disney person. I, I love it. I saw that. I saw They're really I cute. See. They're really yeah. cute. Looks so cute in your kid's bathroom or your bathroom if you're if you're a Disney lover. I'm just saying, guys, this is revolutionary. You're going to be on board as soon as you try it. I love these products. We use them. Um, and you're cutting the plastic waste without sacrificing clean. And when you use the forever bottles, you buy the kit, you reuse the bottle, and the money-saving refill tablets start at just $2. You're going to spend less on cleaning supplies, guys, I promise. Yeah. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash best. 15% off your first order of any products at blueland.com slash best. Blueland.com slash best. Guys, get into it. Um, guys, I have a crazy story that's funnier. Yeah, let's hear a crazy story. It's not crazy. It's just kind of funny. Okay. So last week at work, we had a very we had a very special guest star. I'm probably not supposed to say, but I don't I actually just don't care anymore because whatever. Like what are they gonna fire? The rights you? of what are they gonna fucking fire me, please? 
Amy Sedaris was guest starring. And that is, to me, one of the greatest things that's ever happened. Um, I don't know Amy that well. I've met her a few times, but we got to really work together. And it made my heart so happy in a week that was like very difficult for me at work. And I actually had a fucking full-blown panic attack before Mm. one of, which has never happened, literally Uh. never happened to me before, before like I've had, obviously guys have had panic attacks. Yeah. Have you listened to the podcast? (laughs) Um, But I haven't ever had one like right before I had to do my job. And I was sitting there and I started um, and I was like trying to do the stuff that I learned through my therapist and through Hoffman where I was like, okay, a thing I can, a thing I can see, a thing I can smell, a thing I can, uh, a thing that I know, a thing that I can hear. Um, You're like, I'm supposed to like, like tap into my senses, right? You know, like get me out of my, the panic. And so I was like sitting there doing that while the sound girl was trying to put like um, rubber things on my heels so that I could walk. And she's like, it was just, it was a, it was a lot. I had a hard, it was a hard fucking week for me. Yeah. Um, Myriad of reasons as like much like my allergist says, you know, allergies are cumulative. I also think that emotions are cumulative. (laughs) Yeah. Probably more than allergies. Well, with allergies, no, like with allergies, you've got like environmental, you've got food and you've got chemical. Right. And if your body gets overloaded with one of them, but you're like good on the other ones, you can kind of like, you don't have a full allergic reaction, but if your body's just like totally overloaded chemically, you know, environmentally, you're like, I don't know in like Los Angeles or whatever, (laughs) you know, and then you eat gluten from a bad place, like your body can break out in full hives. So, but emotions I think are like the same thing, right? Like there's like environmental, there's personal, there's, there's, you know, world, the state of the world. And like, if all of those things, you know, get built up and overflow, you know, panic attack city. So, Anyway, I had a panic attack. It was really intense. Um, but working with Amy was incredible. And also, you know, Stephen Sondheim, we had talked about this last week, Stephen Sondheim had passed sure. away yeah. um, and Virgil Abloh and they released his final show for Louis Vuitton at, you know, in Miami at Art Basel. Art Basel? Is that how you say it? Art Basel? Basel. I think basil, 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 but I don't know. I'm not that whatever. cultured. Me neither. I'm, I like, have you know, whatever. But, you know, they did his final show there and it was like incredible. It's like a fucking yeah. amazing show. It's really beautiful. Oh, good. But so I was on set and guys, here's a little Hollywood break. There are lots of moments on set, many different kinds of moments on sets when you're doing a like scripted show that's filmed on cameras, not like a sitcom. But the moment when right before you roll, everybody is sort of in one place and everyone's kind of quiet because you're about to like roll the camera and they do the little clipper, clicker, clipper, clapper. Clapper. 
Thank you. <laughs> Clapper thing. And then you go, you do your scene. But that's like a moment where as an actor, you really have the command of the entire 200 person crew. The rest of the time, people are like trying to light things and they're talking and there's cross, you know, like people are like trying to do things, whatever. But that moment right before, like right when you roll, but before the clapper is like when you have peak eyes on you. (laughs) Oh no. So anyway, I was prefacing all of this to lead to this moment, just so that you understand that like I've was, I've been in a state, you know, a little bit, like I've a little bit, maybe still am in, I'm working guys. I'm trying the hop and stop doing fucking meditation. I bought an amethyst eye mask. Don't ask. I'm trying, (laughs) you know? And so I'm doing this scene. Uh, Amy's across from me and another actor across from me. We're and they're rolling and it's like about to do the thing. And I got a buzz on my phone from Mark. And I just, and normal, like, honestly, this, just this week for what, normally I like don't even, I don't know. I, I just have been, I've been more tied to my phone, which is again, not great for the mental state. I'm just going right. to say. Yeah. A lot of times I like to leave my phone in my dressing room plugged in or in my chair. Yeah. Like, at, you know, cause I don't want it on set with me. Right. But I've just been very, things have felt very heightened and I've wanted to like have immediate access to my phone because, you know, you want to get the text of like Amy Coney Barrett overturned Roe v. Wade. Right. For instance. Right. You want to be in the know is all I'm saying, or I do. So um, anyway, so I get a buzz on my phone and I look at my phone and Mark has texted me. Mark is a person who generally speaking like is constantly looking at – the internet himself. So he like knows what's happening in the world, you know? Yeah. And I just get this text from Mark Gene Smart passed. And I was like, oh my God, you guys, Gene Smart died. Oh my God, what? And my like heart dropped. And I was like, I can't fucking believe this. Like after all, like she's finally, oh. like she's got like a kid that's like Birdie's age. Oh my God. And everybody in the crew, what? Oh my, Gene Smart died? What? And I was like, yes, I don't know. Mark just texted me. I don't know. Gene Smart died. And I was like losing my shit. And two seconds, I, and I wrote back like, what are you talking? Like when, how? When, how? I wrote back. And then I'm like Googling and looking on Twitter. And Mark wrote back on our movie. She passed on the project. She passed on the project, guys. She did not pass away. But that was not before I announced to a full 200-person crew that was paying paying close attention to me. I started, like, an insane rumor for three and a half minutes that Gene Smart had died. Oh, it was truly insane. And Amy Sedaris was like, Amy Sedaris was like, well, this is just my favorite thing that's ever happened. You're like... (laughs) is dead. I can't. Can we even go on? I can't. Feel, nope. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It's, she just passed on a project. It's fine. 
Like I truly, oh my God. it was a moment in my life that I swear to God, the embarrassment of like having not understood or recognized the jargon of movie speak. Yeah. Like, first of all, A, because I'm yeah. so like out of it and so feeling so crazy. And then to just fully fucking announce it without checking, like didn't even check anything before I was like, oh my God, you guys, Gene Smart died. Like just yeah. said it. Yeah. That's a, that's a three. You got to hear that from three sources. Is that what journalists always confirm? Can, with I, three. can I just be, but in my defense, I just want to go back to, in my defense, I was waiting for the third genius to die that week. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for it. Yeah. It's true. And it's I felt true. like, well, as soon as I saw, as soon as I saw that she had passed, I was like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. It had to be. Sure. Sure. She's had a genius. Be, yeah. Devastating. It, too soon. She was just it hitting her stride, her peak, getting recognition. Like I, anyway. Well, was she posthumously, um, nominated for a Critics' Choice Award today? I think so, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Along I'm sure with Renee Elise Goldsberry. I, I, Renee did! Woo! So exciting for, for a Critics' Choice Award. That's very the exciting. The only award I've ever won, guys. The only I award know. I've ever won. I know. We at Watch What Happens Live, my last year there, I think, were nominated for a Critics' Choice Award. And... That one, did they kind of give you a heads up that you were winning? No. No heads up? That one? Not at all. I don't know. In all my years at Watch What Happens Live, I was never, I don't, we weren't nominated for many awards, like maybe People's Choice, maybe a couple times. And that's not even like a nomination situation. It's like just like a voting cutoff type of thing. People's Choice are the ones they tell you that you're getting at. Yeah, yeah. But People's so, Choice. Anyway, you, um... Critics' Choice, we were nominated for Otherwise, the award. Otherwise, no one would show up. Yeah. We were nominated for a Critics' Choice Award. And I was surprised that Bravo was like, we're sending a cohort to the Critics' Choice Awards because we're nominated. And so Andy went, um, myself, our executive producer, another co-executive producer, were all sent and then a bunch of people from Bravo and we had a table and I was like, oh shoot, like maybe we really have a chance of winning this like because they are really sending us all to this Critics' Choice Award ceremony and so we um, <laughs> we were sitting there waiting for our awards to be uh, announced and not only did we not win, our award was just given in a bumper for the show. Like one of those, like they just flashed up on the screen, like the winner of best late night talk show is Jimmy Kimmel or something. And we were like, just all sitting there eating our food. And we were like, we just lost in a bumper. Like just a little, a little card on the screen. What year was that? I don't, 2018. Busy just got nachos for, for no, you. No, I have chips. I'm starving. Oh, hold chips. on, hold on. Chips. You think that the, me crunching my chips are going to be a problem? <laughs> um, 
Well, listen, do you want to just eat a few chips? I just did. What are you doing your best at this week? What am I doing my best at this week? Um, I am, I'm trying to like feel festive. I'm not really feeling Christmas this year. It's kind of, and it's like normally my favorite time of year. So I'm trying to like wait and see if it kicks in or if I'm just going to be like, you know, whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's like I've had a lot of Christmases. Maybe this is the Christmas where I'm like, oh, I just don't care about this anymore, which is weird because that's not normally how I feel. But it's just in like my whole, you know, my kids are here. My husband's here. I'm feeling sad that I won't see my mom before Christmas. Um, But I will try to go see her after. But like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, why I'm not feeling like super festive. So I'm just trying to feel festive. I tried to make like Rice Krispie treats today. Right. Have you figured out what you're going to do? How are you going to do that? Have you figured it out? Go home to see my mom. I'm going to wait until after the holidays when when tickets are very cheap and go then. But I talked it over with her. Like maybe the boys will go together for one week and Matt and I will go for another week so that it like stretches it out because we haven't seen anyone in a long time and um yeah but i'm just trying to up oh, more food coming for you Ooh. so i um so yeah i also I'm, had a hard time being festive yeah i'm just you know i'm waiting for it to kick in i'm hoping it will lincoln and i have been watching a lot of holiday movies together a lot of it's a wonderful life together a lot of other Jimmy Stewart movies. We've we've gone through the whole stack. We dug out we own every Christmas DVD in the world. We've gone through the whole stack. But yeah, maybe it's just or maybe it'll never happen. I don't know. But I'm just Maybe this you know, year is like just a hard year for that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um yeah, I guess like for me, it's always I always associate it with feeling super carefree. Like you get a break from school or you get a break from work or you, you know, and you just, you don't have to worry about things for like a couple weeks or a month maybe, but maybe it's just that there's nothing to take a break from. And I'm obviously going to worry every day of my life about something. So, but I'm, well, there's no taking a break from the trauma of, (laughs) right, right. Right. <laughs> but I am trying. I'm we put up lights, we put up a tree, made rice crispy treats, you know. We bought Did you dye them green? Rice crispy treats? Yeah. One is pink because it was made with strawberry marshmallows and one's just regular. You know. Okay. But yeah, so I'm just I'm trying like every day. This is weird, but I kind of believe that everybody has like a finite amount of things in them. Like you probably have like a predetermined number of times that your heart will beat, like when you first enter the universe. And I also believe that there's probably like a finite number. Well, there is, you know, like you probably, but I believe that there's like a number, a number of steps you'll take in your lifetime, a number of kisses you'll have in your lifetime. I also believe there's a finite number of beds that you can make in your lifetime and gifts that you can wrap in your lifetime. And I believe that due 
to circumstances of my life, I've already hit that number and I'm never going to make another bed or wrap another present as long as I live. So someone else has to do it. Wait, what? You're done? I just, I mean, I just try. I try. I have like, I bought the wrapping paper. I bought the tags and I just have sat down like five times to try to wrap. And I'm just like, it's not happening. I just can't make myself do it. I've said this before, but you know the story in my family, right? I don't know. That I never knew that I thought everybody knew this in my family, that my dad paid me from the time when I was little to wrap all the Christmas presents. Oh, I didn't know this story. Except for the ones for my own, for myself, for my own, (laughs) for me. Okay. Except for the presents that were being given to me. And he would pay me a nominal fee. Yeah. And I thought that this was something that was known by my mother and my sister. Oh, but it was a secret. (laughs) No one knew. It was just a deal. Oh my God. My dad was just like outsourcing the wrapping of presents to me. I loved it though. I got to know what everyone was getting. Oh my God. I loved wrapping gifts too. When I was a kid, my grandmother had like worked in a candy a candy factory and sure. shop and she was a master gift wrapper and she taught me how to wrap gifts and then she would like supervise me. I think I pretty much wrapped everyone's gifts too. But then during my school years, I would also um, wrap gifts to raise money for like band or whatever, like at the mall. And uh, yeah, I've just really, really come to, to feel like my, my, number of packages to wrap. I worked in a drugstore where we wrapped also get who, I don't know who was buying gifts at a drugstore, but I guess it had like a little gift section. So we, yeah, I wrapped a bunch of gifts every shift of that. And I just feel like I'm done. And the beds are because of the nursing home because, you know, I, um, up oh, more food for what? Are, <laughs> you, baby. <laughs> What'd you get? I don't know. I'm having a three-course meal. You're so lucky. Um, oh, just cricket bringing me in some... Ooh, nachos. Nachos, guys. Um, and the beds I'm just done with because I worked in the nursing home and I had to make like 120 beds a day every day that I was in... Jesus! ...in college. It's too many. With people in them. How do you make them with people in them? It's a whole thing. I'll show you one time when we're together in person and there's a bed. I'll change the sheets with you in it. No, I don't <laughs> want to. I don't play that. It won't like be it. as bad because you won't have like peed, pooped, or lost your teeth in there. Oh, Jesus Christ, Casey. <laughs> Can't you tell I'm already on the brink? <laughs> Guys, you know how much I love Bev. You know how much Casey loves Bev. Well, holidays, they are upon us. Parties, events. Think about Bev. Think about how easy it is to grab that Bev. Great for gifting, sharing with your friends, or at the very least, you know you're bringing something that you're going to want to drink, which is always my, that's my move. I bring, I swear to God, I bring a Bev rosé and then I'm like, no, I'm good. No, you don't have to open anything for me. Thank you. I'll just have one of these. Thanks. 
Thank you. <laughs> yes, Thank I you very just much. brought some to uh, a gathering the other night, and it was uh, it was a real relief to know that I had something on hand to bring, and also that I was going to like something that was in the fridge. Yeah, exactly. Bev, as you know, is a female-founded canned wine brand that we're obsessed with. Obsessed. I mean, listen, one can of Bev, zero sugar, three carbs, 100 calories per serving. The cans are cute and tiny, but each can is a glass and a half of wine, which, if you're me, is a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But it's also perfect for when you don't want to open a bottle, you know. Right. If you live in a household where you drink different wine than the other people or drink different things or you're the only wine drinker whatever exactly or if every yeah everybody's drinking different types of wine whatever there's bev has six varietals so everyone can have a can of what they want rosé sauve blanc pinot gris pinot noir and they recently launched a sparkling rosé called glam and glitz in time for the holidays that's perfect for new year's i love it if you haven't tried bev yet This is your moment. We've worked out a special deal for our listeners. 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. Casey and I suggest, why don't you try the best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack so you can check out all the delicious varietals, but also don't miss the sparkling rosé glam and glitz. (laughs) It is. It's so perfect. I just, the perfect amount of fizz, the perfect, that can is just perfect. I have a real crush on Bev. Me too. Obvi. Anyway, try the best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack. You can check out all the delicious varietals. So go to drinkbev.com slash busy or use code busy at the checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash busy. Bev can also be found at retailers nationwide, including Target, Total Wine, Bevmo, and more. But if you buy it there, we don't get credit. And you know we want that credit. Athletic Greens has changed its whole vibe. It's AG1. I've got it right here at work. Look at this. It's here it is. AG1. It's going to take up way less shelf space, guys. I've been putting it in my smoothies every day for a long time now. And I just, I believe in it. AG1. I believe in it too. A comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition with 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients. Guys, you put one little scoop into your smoothie in the morning, in the afternoon. You don't have to take a bunch of pills and capsules. It is one thing that maintains effective nutritional habits and gives your body exactly what it needs to thrive. It's got a multivitamin, a multimineral, a probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in this convenient daily serving. All these benefits, and it tastes really good. It tastes delicious. So I'm not feeling like whatever I'm making my smoothie from in the morning, that's wonderful, but... I know in the past I've used supplements where I was worried that I really had to make an effort to hide the taste. And you just really don't with Athletic Greens. It tastes very good on its own. It really does. It tastes so good. In fact, I'm able to sneak it into my kids' smoothies. What? 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 And <laughs> it is keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of added sugar. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. That's very important to me. Just try it. Put it 
put it in the mix. See if you're feel, <laughs> see see if you're feeling better. You know what I'm feeling better from doing too? What? Athletic Greens is offering our listeners an immune supporting free one year supply of vitamin D and the travel packs if you get yes. your with your first purchase when you visit athleticgreens.com slash busy. I have been taking the vitamin D and the travel packs I keep at work and the vitamin D really has made a difference. So guys, again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash busy to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Mix it up into your smoothie, your kids' smoothies, your partner's smoothies, your parents' smoothies, any smoothie. Or what have you? Even juice. It doesn't even need to yeah, be smooth. Yeah, it doesn't even need. It just, just be water. Just anything. Yeah, and it's such. It just makes my life so much easier to just one scoop and and, and it makes your life so much healthier. True. Yeah. All right. Go get that AG one, guys. We love you. <laughs> what are you doing your best at this week? Not a lot. I guess I'm doing my best at just continuing to show up. Yeah. Even though it's hard for me. Yeah. I'm still trying. Still trying. Yeah. I'll never not try. You're not trying not to eat. (laughs) You know what? I guess if this is the moment where you're like, she's lost me, I get it. Like, honestly, I get it. And I'm with you. And like, sure, sure. It's weird because it's not like this year is worse than 2020 or whatever. It's not comparable, right? Like nothing was 2020, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Nothing will ever be 2020. Right. But- this year was its like own kind of hell. Well, I think just because we all thought like, oh, there's like light at the end of the tunnel and then but then there was like another car coming down the tunnel and then, you know, and having vaccines available and then having boosters available and then having people reiterate time and time again that they're never going to get that fucking vaccine no matter what. And that it's just, you know, and it's not just us. It's people in other parts of the world that are suffering. And again, like until it actually affects someone, they're like, Nope, I'm just not doing it. It's the same as choosing to turn a blind eye to someone's plight because it doesn't affect you, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to take my chances and I'm going to refuse to acknowledge that me taking my chances also endangers other people. So, you know, it kind of fucking sucks. But I will say this. Oh, I want to go back. I will say that I did go to a toy drive um, that these realtor friends of mine held, Lyrica and Heather. Shout out to Lyrica and Heather. Um, and it was super fun and that was festive and it was beautiful and it was really fun to just take a little chunk of money and shop for some teens because I asked specifically what are kids asking for and they said, oh, it's so nice that you ask. People always forget the teenagers. They never get anything. And so it was fun to get stuff for teenagers. And what'd you get 
for teens. I just tried to think of like what I would want when I was a teenager. So like some manicure sets, um, some makeup sets, a lot of like body wash and cologne, and then some like sciency stuff. And I didn't want to get like at first I was like, oh, like ring lights and earbuds and stuff. That would be so great. But then I'm like, I don't even know. Like kids might not have phones, whatever, whatever. So I didn't want to give anyone anything that required them to have anything else. Because I know when you're in foster care, especially sometimes you go on a moment's notice. And even if you have something, you might not have it with you. And I didn't want to make that worse. And some books. Books are great. I mean, maybe, or maybe they're like, what is this? Oh, what books are, books are hard, especially like, because, you know, you might want to pick your own books, but we'll see. But it was, it was really fun to shop. And then like firemen came and picked everything up and, uh, that was exciting. And there was a bunch of little kids there and, um, I got to see our friend Nia Vardalos was there because she's the one that introduced me to Heather and Lyrica and, uh, yeah, so that was good. So that I did feel briefly festive. So maybe that's the answer. Maybe I need to stop sitting around waiting for Christmas to make me merry and I need to get my shit together and work on making someone else happy for Christmas. The true message of Christmas. I mean, it really like any Hallmark movie could have told me that. Is not shoving your face full of nachos on your podcast. <laughs> Listen, I, again, I would like to reiterate, I don't think that's not a podcast. I think that's a very lucrative podcast that you could do where you just keep eating those nachos. And I think people would pay a lot of money to subscribe to it. No, no, it's not. It's not in your future. No, but I also am just a person that I have to multitask because it's already... Like, I have to go to bed soon. I have to, like... Right. It's just too much. There's too much. I have too much shit happening all the time. Yeah. It's impossible. I didn't eat lunch. I should have eaten lunch. My my fault was that I ordered badly for lunch. Gotcha. And it was disgusting. Gotcha. So I had two bites, and I was like, well, fuck this. Well, listen. You know? Here's an idea. Here's an idea. What? Since there's 47 million podcasts... Maybe we brainstorm a book of recipes of foods that don't make a lot of noise when you eat them while you're making a podcast, a cookbook. We can be our own Chrissy Teigen of the podcast world and release a hit cookbook of silent foods. A lot of people probably want silent foods. It's not just podcasters. You know what I mean? I mean... Okay. Like a nice sandwich. A turkey sandwich is very quiet if you leave it's the lettuce not. off. It's not because I eat so loud. You've heard I, me eat a turkey sandwich. You know. A turkey sandwich isn't crunchy. God help you. I mean, I just I think. Mean, all right. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry, you guys. I apologize. I'm sorry if this is the worst podcast you've ever listened to. I can't help it. It is what it is. I'm having an emotional breakdown. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'll be here if you need me. <laughs> um, and another thing to tell you, but I can't remember what it was. 
What was it about? Was it about work? No. Was it about your family? No. Oh, I met someone that said that their mom is friends with your mom. Oh, good Lord. Who? At a holiday party. Somebody, um, the person that's friends with your mom is named Mary Fred, I think. And her son's name is Peter. And he's an actor here Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, I think. Does this sound right, Peter? Is that your name? And (laughs) is your mom's name Mary Fred? And is that who knows busy? I think they were school chums. What? That's what he said. That's what he told me. How would Fred? That's what he said. I mean, there were a lot of like Catholic names that doesn't, you know. Yeah. How old was the guy though? Like a little bit younger than us. It was at like a holiday mixer type party. I didn't really, I only knew like the hosts and then two people there. And then we just met this nice couple. And I think that guy's name was Peter. And I think he said his mom's name was Mary Fred. All right. I'm texting Barbara Phillips right now. Okay. Do you know a lady who has a son? Yeah. Named Peter question mark. I didn't realize he was an actor, but then um, a friend of mine who had what written a movie, do you know Deanna Chang? She's June Diane Raphael's sister. She, um, she had written uh, a movie, I think, and he had been uh, cast in like a table read of it or whatever. So that's how I even learned that he did acting. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll wait for Barbara to get back to us. I've had some Christmas disasters this week. What happened? Oh. Let me finish this nacho and then I'll tell you. (laughs) What are you going to do? You have to edit around all this shit. I'm sorry. It's okay. We try to drop out as much as we can and then... Guys, also, I apologize to you at home for having to listen to me eat these nachos. But here's the deal. I'm hungry. The nachos are here. It's nine at night. What the fuck do you want from me? What do you want from me? I mean... Not to eat nachos, I guess. I guess was the answer. But anyway. Okay. So I didn't know what was going to happen with the elves. And then all of a sudden, Cricket was like, are the elves coming? What's happening with the elves? Where are the elves? And I was like, oh, shit. Most of our stuff is in storage. Yeah. Fuck. That got picked up by like, like some magazine that your elves were in storage. Come on. I think so. I saw it. What a weird fucking life. Anyway, <laughs> the point being, Raymond got some boxes of Christmas shit out of storage for us. Now, number one, not only were the elves not amongst the Christmas stuff, but tragedy of all tragedies. Remember the flooding that happened? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Did it wreck I did not. Stuff? Yeah. And I wasn't, I guess, sort of aware that the water had gotten into a lot of my, um, all of my childhood ornaments that I've saved my entire life. Oh, no. But it, but it did. Yes. So, um Not only were the elves, 
are the elves down for the count? But like all my childhood ornaments that I've saved my whole life or my mom has like, they're, they were moldy and gross and I had to throw it all away. Nothing was savable. Well, Birdie was so cute because there were like these two like sort of fabric stuffed ones, you know? Yeah. Ornaments. Yeah. Birdie was like, I'm going to wash them. And they did. They washed them and they like fully saved them. They're really like, it was really cute. I know it was really sweet and very sentimental of the bird. But I just was also like, of course. Mm. I know. I was bummed. I was bummed. That's Cricket's favorite snow baby was shattered. It was just all. Oh, no. Ugh. I know. That sucks. I mean, that just sucks. That's why it's so hard to... I don't know. Yeah. You're just moving and you're trying to be so careful with your things. And because those are the things that are going to make you feel at home. To be fair, I think cricket shattered the snow baby. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't mean it's (laughs) It's any less sad. You know, I remember when I was like, Oh God, the worst. I was like, a teenager, I think, and there was a box of ornaments, like vintage ornaments that I loved, loved, loved. And I was trying to do my mom a solid by just like decorating the tree because she was busy working or whatever. And she would like came home in the middle of it. And I don't know what happened. I went to like say hi to her and be like, hi, I'm decorating the tree. And I tripped and dropped that box of ornaments and they all shattered into like a million pieces and dust. And I cried for hours because I was just like, Oh, you know, (laughs) it was, it was so sad to me because they were like older than I was. They had been. And I was like, Oh, fucking, they survived everything except for like me trying to carry them across the room. Of course. Oh, Casey, that makes me so sad. It was the worst, but also like, you know, I think that I was just talking to my husband about it today. Like, I think that's where my like affinity for vintage things comes from and trying to like preserve things. And like, I've gotten a lot healthier. I think about that stuff. Like when my grandmother passed, she had amazing taste. Like she just, she really informed my style and my taste. And she was really clever. Both of my grandmothers were really clever artists, but one of my grandmothers, just her house was so stylish and cool and she had everything cool. And, um, when she passed on, she had like downsized obviously as she grew older and she had Alzheimer's. So she went into a nursing home when she passed on all of these things that she had collected from all around the world. So my grandfather was in the military. Um, I don't know where it went. Like nothing was offered to me and she, you know, she had a number of kids and I'm sure whatever they, but nothing went to, nothing came to me anyway. Um, And so like over the years, I've been like, have like described things that I had that belonged to my grandmother or whatever. And my son Lincoln has found like a number of the most precious things. They're not the exact same things, but they're like, of course. Yeah. But there's like this, I'm, I've, 
have probably talked about this on the podcast before how Lincoln's like always hunting down things, but like her ice bucket that she had, but he also got me this coffee cup that my dad used to drink out of that says coffee hound on it. I don't even remember talking to Lincoln about the coffee hound mug at any time. So anyway, my point is I'm glad that Bertie saved those two ornaments for you. That was so nice. I hope that you have good, clear memories of all the ones that you had to toss. I hope you have some pictures of some of them. And I hope at some point, maybe you can find some ones if they're findable to replace. But also, I just feel really sad because that's a bummer. That's a bummer to have that moment. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Yes. Um, it's a weird time of year. I It's made weirder by the world right now, I think. Yeah. Anyway, if you've made it through me eating nachos and us <laughs> ranting about abortion and everything else, and you're still with us, just know that you're not alone. Just that's it. <laughs> You're not alone. And, <clears throat> you know, if the most you can do today is just decide what to eat for dinner and if you make it nachos, that's great. <laughs> um, then that's a win, you know. Because yeah. we're all trying so fucking hard. And I do, I do believe that except for the fucking assholes who aren't trying. Well, what do they say? The devil tries harder, you know? I mean, I I think everybody's trying really hard at what they think that they're supposed to be doing, you know? And then other people, I think, are afraid to start. And so maybe that's a thing. Maybe that's a thing that we can work on that... Yeah, that's good. I like that. ...would be hopeful to just be like, Don't be afraid to start. Don't be afraid to start and don't be afraid to like ask questions and, you know, and if someone shits on you or isn't supportive, fuck that person. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we got to stop. We got to stop something. We got to stop. Like we just, you know, it's one thing if you have, if you legitimately have something to say that you think like someone's going down a wrong path or handling something wrong, great. Then like, let's talk it out. But I just feel like we have to be supportive of people that want to try, you know, because that is not something that is nurtured a lot in this time or in this country, you know? And and I think that people are super cynical about it and always have to make like a joke or a meme or say something pithy or snarky, but not realizing, but think about things that have shut you down in your life. Like just a comment about like, you know, you're not going to wear that color. Are you, you're not going to try that. Are you, who are you to do this? You know? And it's just like being, welcoming is I mean it just it really goes a long way being welcoming being supportive and 
you know, it's hard because we've had conversations about like toxic positivity in the past and like how sometimes you're just not feeling it or whatever. But also, I don't know. I just feel like we need to find a balance where we're like saying like, yeah, thank you for doing this. Thank you for getting involved and thank you for like the work that you're doing and how can we help each other. And, but also like, God, man, some people have been working at the shit for a really long time and they're fucking tired and exhausted. They're just exhausted. And so it's hard, right? It's hard to know if you're doing the right thing, right? And if you look, you'll see one person saying like, you know, never do this. Never say that you're shocked by this because I'm tired of hearing that people are shocked. And then you'll hear another person that you respect saying, we have to stay shocked or we'll, you know, or we'll lose touch with like the humanity of these situations. And so those are two opposing opinions and not everyone's going to agree with you and you're going to fuck up. Exactly. You're going to fuck up. I mean, I fucked up 17 times this podcast alone. <laughs> like, you, you know what I mean? Like, you got to like, you have to understand that, that, I mean, I, the Kyle Rittenhouse thing is like a perfect example. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm never not shocked. I'm right. never not shocked by white supremacy rearing its ugly head in the way that it does in this country. I'm well aware of it. I right. fucking listen to the things I know. I I mean, no, I know. I've seen, but I'm never not like, really? Fucking again? Like, do you know what I mean? Right. And yeah. I get it as like, I get it. I get the idea, but that's just like, that's just a slogan. It's like, it's like us saying you shouldn't be shocked by what's happening with abortion. That's just like, Right. I mean, okay, but people are. Right. I don't know. I don't know if I'm even making sense. I've had too many nachos. <laughs> You're drunk on nachos? Well, I'm definitely drunk on nachos, let's be real. <laughs> oh, um, God, yeah, Casey. I mean, well, here's the thing. I think that we have to be better to each other and we have to support each other in our trying when we're trying. We also have to holds ourselves and maybe other people that might listen to us accountable when they're not trying anything and mm. when they're turning a blind eye and just mm -hmm, mm -hmm, expecting mm -hmm. to go along and that everything mm -hmm. will be okay. Mm -hmm. Also, you're gonna mess up and you're gonna run afoul of someone that thinks differently than you do. You can't let that shut you down and you can't let it stop you. If someone's saying to you, like, here's why I disagree with what you're doing. Here's how it harms me here. It's how like, yes, listen to that person, hear them out. Listen to everyone that's willing to tell you like how what you're doing affects you, but also you can't just like then shut down and be like, well, forget it then. I don't even know right. why I tried to right, do right, this. Right. Well, I take myself out. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't do that. No. Yes. No. So it's just, uh, I know it's a lot and I know people are tired, but there's people that are a lot more fucking tired than we are, you know? And so I'm, I'm thinking well, of like, yes some some women in their 60s and 70s that are like oh jesus i'd really like to be 
I'd really like to be at a, uh, at a cocktail party right now and not out at some March in the freezing cold or whatever. So, you know, and, and we might be better off if we knew more about what those women had done in the past and, you know, and listen to people who are presently trying to improve on what people had done in the past. But it just seems like, I don't know. It just seems like we just, we hate history in this country. We really hate it. We don't want to talk about it. We want to erase it. We don't want to learn from it. Wait, that's really fucking interesting. That is something. It's not just history, like conceptually the history. It's like, generationally like people don't want to talk about white people (laughs) yeah white people don't want to talk about what's happened in their families in the past right they like they like hide trauma nobody deals with trauma right yeah well i have like tons of theories i think that this country prizes youth we give so much authority to youth And so Mm -hmm. youth doesn't acknowledge history. Like when you make being Mm -hmm. young, like the most valuable thing, Mm -hmm. then that means that you have to devalue things that are, that are old and people that are old. And, you know, so all our tech geniuses and all our, you know, Mm-hmm. influencers and celebrity mm-hmm. it's we're like really everyone's mire- done everything by the time they're 26 exactly <laughs> so we're like we have this like youth culture and that makes sense right too because america is like a very young country you know um and and then i also think that america You know, as a brand, America is just has been so America centric. Like, Mm. and we've had this talk before about like, that's probably, in my opinion, why white people get called on appropriating things so much is because we all let our own cultures go because we're Mm -hmm. American. And, you know, and it's easy to assimilate and be American, but America is so young and we don't really, our culture is Mm -hmm. really only pop culture. Right. You know? And so then it, it probably feels like, you know, when you have like a missing tooth and your tongue keeps trying to find that hole of your missing tooth, it probably is like the same way. Like we all know we're supposed to have some culture and we let it we all let it go and let it be forgotten in all of our traditions and where we came from. And that is probably also why we're so insensitive to people coming here from other cultures and trying to maintain their cultures and we're fucking assholes about it. And so I just think that America can be a very young, bratty, privileged country that doesn't that isn't like that doesn't know what it's being bratty about you know and that is like this sucks let's move to sweden yeah homedics homedics well listen if it's not my children tracking those germs right into the house it's gina it's Gildo, it's Rosie, 
it's me. Let's be real. It's me. Yeah. It's mostly, it's mostly me. (laughs) Well, you're out and about, you're a woman about town. Sometimes I'm sure germs just attach themselves to you, but clean air is important to everyone. Everyone. And it's very important to me. We live in a big city. Air quality isn't great. Allergies are bad. Oh my God. You know what happened? What happened? So we got, so we have the, our home medics air purifier, which we just adore. Um, it's the total clean air purifier. It's amazing. The air filtration system and the UVC light removes up to 99.9 of airborne allergens, including pollen, pet dander, smoke, and mold. This is what happened. Mold. Remember how I told you that my childhood ornaments were like moldy? Yes. Well, we had the boxes. They were delivered to the house. And so we like opened them up. And all of a sudden I was like, (coughs) I feel, oh no, am I getting... Am I getting COVID? You know what I mean? I just was like, oh no, I feel weird. And then it hit me. Oh, I have a box of literal mold in my home before I threw it, you know, before we took it to the dumpster. Yeah. And I brought the home medics out into the living room. You know, it purifies air in large rooms up to like 343 square feet. Yeah. And within like, not even a joke four hours. It was just totally better. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Well, the the truth is the air inside your home can be up to like, I think five times dirtier than the air outside. So, you know, we're, we're disgusting basically. Yeah. Well, I'm into it. I love it. If you're dealing with allergies or you just want to keep your family safe, you just want some clean air in your house, guys, good news for you. Right now, if you go to homemedics.com slash best, Use promo code BEST. You're going to receive a free replacement filter with the purchase of your air purifier. That's up to a $99 value, guys. Make sure you add the replacement filter to your cart, okay? Or else the promo code won't work. That's a good tip. It's a tip. So get the air purifier, then put the replacement filter in your cart, and then use the promo code BEST. B-E-S-T at checkout and you're going to get a free replacement filter. So again, a free replacement filter when you go to H-O-M-E-D-I-C-S dot com slash best. Use the promo code best and get yourself that total clean air purifier and the free replacement filter. You're genius. Your allergies are going to thank you. I'm looking through these crystals. I was like, what did I buy? I bought so many crystals. Too Uh, many crystals? Possibly. (laughs) This little star. This little fluorite star. Oh, that's so pretty. Yeah, that's very pretty. That's very pretty. I thought maybe the birdie would really like that. They'll appreciate that. Well, guys, this has been, I don't know. Was this podcast a downer? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from me saying the Jean Smart passed. She's alive, guys. She's alive. I mean, that that must have been I mean a really fu- only me. Only me. One hundred percent not only you. Well, 
If you got a text that was like Gene Smart passed, would you think? You know about when I like said RIP David Brenner on Twitter? I mean, not that that's, it's not the same as David Brenner. He was a comedian that was like a comedian's comedian in the seventies. And someone who is also a famous comedian in the day said, Hey, just to let you know, David Brenner passed away. I know that you guys were pals and no, And And I was like, oh, shit, R.I.P. David Brenner. And then all of these comedians, including Joan Rivers, were like, oh, shit, and, like, started eulogizing David Brenner. And then the original comedian that told me, who I won't blow up his spot here, but everybody knows who he is. But, um, but, yeah, was like, oh, hold up. He's not, he's actually still alive. And I was like, okay. Ooh, ooh, hold up. He's... 100% 100% still living. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, he was sick and he was on the verge of passing away, but still, it was not a good feeling to feel like, oh shit, I just reported to the... to the Erroneously the, reported. Erroneously l- reported to the classic kings and queens of comedy that their friend had passed away. I mean, it's not had, like me who just like said it to a crew. Just to 200 people. Just to 200 people. You said, it, said it to everybody it to like, on I the Twitterverse. Like 70,000 people and people ran with it. He did pass away later that day and I was really sad, but that was not a good feeling. Wait, and that later was, that day? Yeah, because he was like on the verge of passing away. Oh, I, I see, just I like see, I see had been informed too early that the moment had actually happened. But I learned mm. an important lesson about which is which is like until I see something from a family member or something saying like we want to share this news, I maybe don't need to blast it out don't to the even death. Even though I think it was coming from a good place and I really did love David Brenner. He was amazing. If anyone remembers David Brenner, he was great. If you don't remember him, check him out. He was really a lovely was Renaissance great. guy. You didn't even know who he was until no, I a second ago. You'd know him if you saw him. You'd recognize okay. his face, I think. But anyway, I've done the same exact thing. You look a lot like Kristen Stewart today. What? Is that weird? Yeah, because she's literally 15 years younger than me. At least. Maybe 20? I don't know. I don't. I can't see Kristen Stewart's age. I look like something today. I know I look like something today. I definitely I, am with you. I know I what you're saying. Like I saw You're Kristen saying I Stewart. don't look like me. <laughs> I saw Kristen Stewart blonde as Diana Lady Spencer recently. And so maybe now I think that you look a little like her today. Did you love that movie? I told you that I thought it was identical to The Shining. Oh, right, 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 right. <gasps> Wait, I watched Tick, Tick, Boom, Boom. Tick, tick, boom. <laughs> you you added another boom I watched to it. Chitty, chitty, boom, boom. I watched chitty, chitty, bang, bang. I watched tick, tick, boom. I watched tick, did tick, boom. Did you love? Did you I love it? it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I was like, oh, wait, Andrew Garfield is so fucking talented. Like, insanely yes. talented. Yes. You and don't I think of it. Because I... Because he's I like just a, forgot. You you think he's like a young guy? He's in the Marvel I universe. I, I just didn't, can I be honest with you? I just haven't thought about him. Yeah. Period. Well, you there's, know what a, I mean? there's, there's a limited like, number of Andrews you can think of. You know, I can't think about that many people. Yeah, I but, saw Chris Pratt trending yesterday, and I was like, thank God it has nothing to do with me. 
<laughs> I saw that too. And I was, I was wondering. I was like, I'm not was. even going to look. I'm not even going to yeah. look. Don't even look. It's none of your beeswax. Jesus um, Christ. It's not. Did you read but, that article, that profile of Jeremy Strong from Succession? Oh, you know, you know. You know, I, I know, know you. Him. Yes, I can't. it mentions. I'm not, I'm not entering this fray. It not entering this fray. Not after the Pratt, Chris Pratt of it all. I don't need Perez Hilton get like talking shit about me on his fucking dumbass <laughs> podcast. No, thank you, ma'am. I. Mm. It I'm going to keep my thoughts about Jeremy Strong to myself because I've known him. I've known him for longer than I've known Chris Pratt. Well, now I feel like that's the same as saying no comment. And it's not. It's not. I Jeremy's. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm I not. also think he's really talented. And um, it mentioned that he lived at Michelle's place for a while. Which oh, it everyone, does? Yeah. Yeah. That he was like living yeah. in her basement. Um, it, I mean, and that's it, okay. All right. He was yeah, living he, in a basement. Well, it said like basement. Okay, it was okay. Like the it, the under floor, the a windowed basement, maybe. I don't know. I'm making things up that weren't in the article. Garden floor, a garden floor. But also okay. talked about his acting process, which was really interesting, and how he takes his character on Succession. Which do you even watch Succession? No, I did watch it. I watched it. Oh no, the nachos! <laughs> oh shit. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. You guys, what you just heard were a million nachos falling to the ground. Um, well, if we didn't have rats before, we're gonna get them now. <laughs> um I watched Succession the first season and then I like was just too tired. Yeah. You know, and then I didn't watch it again. There's a lot, there's a lot to watch. But then I watched an episode recently with a friend of mine. I was like hanging out at their house and like, I was like, okay, uh, like it was on or whatever. And I was like, okay, sure. And I was like, what is this? What's happened? Is this a real show? This is insane. And was like, <laughs> I was like laughing hysterically. Oh my so gosh. So I understand the thing. Like I love from what I, I mean, I read the excerpts from, Oh my God, these nachos are everywhere. You guys, this is disgusting. I, I read the the excerpts from the Jeremy strong interview. I didn't read the whole thing. Yeah. I don't need to. I know him. You <laughs> anyway, know him. Um, <laughs> but like, I understand him thinking that he's in a serious drama and like, listen, you don't always have to know what you're in, by the way, as an actor, I just want to say this in his defense. I remember once, weirdly with another Culkin in the show that I got cast in with the, where I played Macaulay Culkin's twin sister. Yeah. The pilot. I thought I, I thought it was a single camera show. I didn't, it was a sitcom, like a full filmed, like a sitcom in front of a live studio audience. Okay. My entire, I got the part, my, my entire audition process. I did not know that it was supposed to be like in front of a live studio audience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I thought it was like smaller, like, you know, I thought it was different. Yeah. Like the office. I thought it was like the office. Anyway, my point is as an actor, it actually doesn't matter if you think it's a drama or a comedy, if you're acting it, like the best thing you can do is be the realest version of the character you can be. Yeah. And like, yeah. And so, like, it's so weird that people are like being like somehow disparaging this idea that he's like thinks that he's 
or he's saying like he doesn't think it's a comedy. It's like, well, why? Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter what he thinks it is. He's being the most truthful version of Kendall he can be. Right. right. Uh, well, right? I thought it was really interesting because it made me think he is playing a dramatic character and he's approaching it in a dramatic fashion. Other characters are more comedic and, you know, like a dark comedy, outright, like full slapstick comedy. And so I, it, it made me like, have a realization that there can be many types of things going on in one show and he's handling it the way that he thinks is best for his character. It just sounds like he's a really hard worker to me. And like, well, the thing Brian Cox was saying, like the excerpt I read where Brian Cox was like, this is like a very American thing. I do agree with because, you know, I hate how boy actors yes, have to yes. like build all this fucking bullshit around what they yes. do. And it's like, guys, come on. You got to just, you have to just be able to just do act. acting. You just yeah. have to do acting. <laughs> acting is fun and it's yeah. like a fun thing. You get to play pretend and that's yeah. fun and just fucking show up and pretend and whatever. Yeah. And like sometimes, especially boy actors have to like build this whole world around it in order yeah. to justify that their job is like playing pretend. Pretend. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, I have the best time playing pretend every day. <laughs> I'm like, this is such a joke that I get to play pretend. Oh you my know? gosh. I thought anyway. it was really interesting and um, it's fascinating that you know him. It's fascinating <laughs> that, it's fascinating that, yeah, that he, it was interesting that he wanted to play another role in the show and then he got cast in this role that's like perfect for him. It's really, he seems like an interesting person. He's intense, but a hard worker, it seems like. Yeah, also like, you know, a lot of people are self-serious. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people in a lot of different professions are self-serious and it's like, it doesn't mean that they're bad people. Like you you can equally like roll your eyes and just be like, you don't need to be so self-serious, but also whatever you can be self-serious if you, you know, I am personally not a person who is very self-serious. Right. Right. Yeah. Some people are about the things that they do. People are, I am thinking back to like Penn Badgley. Yes. Like I always think of him as like, I remember he did some movie where he was really, really serious about it. And I could, I felt like I could tell that he really wanted to move into being a serious actor after doing like gossip girl as a young Mm -hmm. person. And like, I can understand that. Like you want to, you want to do that. You want to like grow up and grow out of whatever it was that you did when you were young. But I also love to watch him in you now because clearly like it takes a sense of humor. Like it, it's literally, it's being humbled too. Mm, That's true too, I guess. I think it's being humbled. It's being humbled, but also it's a huge hit. So you know what I mean? So it's like, right. But he couldn't, he wouldn't have taken that part if he were still being very self-serious. Right, right, right. Yeah. And he is like doing a beautiful job at it. Or maybe it's like not even being humbled, but just like growing into like what you realize you are. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's fucking everything. Yeah. But you're right. There's not too many ladies who are like method actors, right? I mean, I can't think of one. <laughs> I mean, can you? Like even like literally Meryl Streep is like 
Oscar winning performance and they yell cut and she's like, do you think anybody could get me a latte? I really need. And also could I, it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. I've got to get her something good. Anyone have any ideas? Do you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not like, like she's not like sticking in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. It's just like, it's a bunch of bullshit. It's interesting. Yeah, One if time you can act, at, you can act. I was at your house and I think Mark and maybe your friend Johnny Rice were having a really interesting conversation about like mad geniuses mm. about, and the they were talking about people that are so brilliant at what they do that everyone puts up with like wacky behavior from them. And they were talking about it for a really long time before I was like, you guys haven't mentioned one woman because no one would put up with a woman being wacky, no matter how talented she was. No, that's the, that's the whole thing, right? That's the Deborah Winger, the Sean Young, the like, like those women get like immediately kicked to the curb in the acting version of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not put up with at all. Yeah. Like you can't be difficult as a woman or a person of color. Like I can't think of one black actor that is that difficult. Right. That hasn't been like shown the door in two seconds. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Cause there was the guy from um, Grey's Anatomy. Right. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Um, Isaiah Washington. There you go. Gone. Gone. Cause he was like, and like gone to it gone for years you know what's so weird is how many people just got like Catherine Heigl Isaiah Washington he was in that show uh P-Valley I think about the 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 pole dancers oh yeah 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 um and so that was the first thing I had seen him in in years and I know you know I know all the stories about like how problematic he was, but I still don't even know what Catherine Heigl did all those years ago to have to claw her way back. I do. Do you want me to tell you? Yes. She gave an interview in like Vanity Fair where she essentially was like talking shit about Knocked Up and Judd and like how it wasn't... Got it. Right? That was A. And B... The Emmys that year, she was not nominated for Best Supporting Actress when she had won the year previous. Okay. And when she was asked about it in an interview, she said, oh, well, I didn't submit myself this year because I didn't think that my the writing lent itself to like me having enough of a storyline to do it. Like, to, like, be Best Supporting Actress. I, like, didn't do anything this year. Essentially, the writers didn't give me enough. So she, like, talked shit about Judd, who essentially... She talked shit about a bunch of people, but, like, the people who were giving her the jobs to get her where she was. And she felt... I think she felt like she was being just, like, sort of a straight shooter and, like, telling it like it is. And everybody else was like, that's very ungrateful. Right. Right. But so I guess then the question is, if she had been Patrick Dempsey and done the same thing, what would have happened? I don't know. Where the fuck is he? You know what I mean? I don't know. I think he's still iconically known as McDreamy, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, is he dead on that show? Iconically, she's still known to me as Katie Heigl. <laughs> <laughs> I like her new show. I... Am, uh, I have to be honest. I've binge watched it over 
the uh, over the pandemic. And oh, I did not like. I did not care for it, but I like her and um, my other friend Sarah, who's on it. But Firef- I did not care for the show. Firefly Lane. Yeah, I didn't care for it, but I like both of those girls. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being honest. This is me being honest. You're I cannot honest. care for a show, and I can think that the people on it are good actors in the show. Yeah, of course. It just, I just, it wasn't for me. I just was like, but to be also to be fair, guys. I mean, I didn't even make it to season two of Succession. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> let's not take let's not take my let's not take my opinions. I'm like. I'm like 40 minutes into the Beatles doc and I can't finish it. You know, let's like not take my, why are you I'm even like watching the Beatles is, doc? Why am I even watching it? Yeah. I feel like that's the kind of thing that you'd be like, Oh fuck that. Yeah. Cause you know, I hate the Beatles, but you know what I do love? How what? fucking hot Paul McCartney it was. He was fucking hot. He was cute. He was so I think George Harrison was really hot too. Ugh, you know, I would fuck any of them. Except for Ringo. <laughs> I was not, I'm not, I wouldn't, I would probably not have fucked Ringo, but I would have fucked Paul McCartney so hard. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's like a given. What he was known for is being the one that people. Really? Would. I mean, he was the cute one, right? He was? I yeah. don't know anything about the Beatles. I don't know the Beatles. I don't like the Beatles. I don't know. <laughs> I know that I, I know that George Harrison, I like his music the best. Yes. This is what I know. I know yes. that I like George Harrison's music the best. I know that after watching the 45 minutes of this documentary, I would fully fuck Paul McCartney in 1972 or whatever this. Yeah. When does it even take place? Oh, I don't know. Lord. I don't, who, who knows? The 60s. The late whatever. 60s. And that John's like flying to me, but not like, like it's like, it's cool how he sings, but he, I would definitely go like, I would like fuck like Paul George, John, and then Yoko, then Ringo. (laughs) Wait, is Linda before Ringo? Would you sleep with Linda? Yeah, probably. She was cute, but she was, she's not in the documentary, but Yoko's like hot. I think she shows, I think she shows up later. Well, I haven't, haven't even made it that far. Ringo's really, really funny. I don't know. I haven't seen the documentary, so I don't know if he doesn't, his personality's not coming through. (laughs) My mom says, I have a friend from college named Mary Fred Brubeck. I don't know what her son's name is. Must be the same. I'm going to say. I think it is. I think it is. Um, yeah, there you go. There you go. I met her son. Um, yeah, Ringo, listen. He doesn't... He. I'm sure Ringo, I'm sure a lot of people fucked Ringo and he's, he's fine with not being on your top four list. No, I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) I don't think any of them do. (laughs) I don't think anyone cares what I have to say about anything. I don't, I also don't think anyone has made it thus far because they've quit 35 minutes ago when I was eating nachos. But... (laughs) All right, I really should go because I have. I don't now. I've just realized that I have a song I have to learn for. I have too much shit. I have too much shit. It's too much shit. It's too much shit. Still haven't worked out, Casey. Well, but you were stopping that, right? Or are you trying to go back to that? I mean, trying to go back to it. No, absolutely not. I have not worked. (laughs) Haven't worked out since September. Okay. I think I'm just kind of like, 
I mean, my knee still swells. <sighs> but you're doing okay without working out? No, I think I'm losing my fucking mind. But that's, you know, hmm. what are we going to do? Hmm. I can't get into my body. That's the problem. I don't have time to like, you can't start a new workout when you're working 12 hours a day on a something else, you know? And right. then on the weekends, I'm so tired. Yesterday, I was so fucking tired. Finally, on Sunday, I was so tired. I was like... Was supposed to like go run errands. Yeah. And I went and got my car and was going to go run errands and then legit called my friend and was like sobbing hysterically. And they were like, maybe you should just pull over for a second. I'm like, okay, maybe I should just go eat some food and then maybe I should just go get back into bed. And like, I went and got a burger. Yeah. And then went and got back into bed and then took a nap for like three hours and then yeah. woke up and it was dark out. Mark was I, like, I, Hey, it's uh, it's five 30. I don't think I should let you sleep any longer. Cause I feel like you won't go to bed tonight. I'm like, I think I could have made it all the way through. I think yeah. you could have just let me keep sleeping. Probably. But everything was okay. Right. After you took that nap and like it was, your errands, it's fine that you skipped them. I didn't do anything. Didn't do my errands. I know, but like, did anything disaster happen? Well, I guess that's, I mean, no. no not really. Good. Well, that's good. So you. it sounds like you made a good decision. My point is I can't imagine starting a new workout, you know. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, I'm you are kind of working out, you know, you're doing, you're working 12 hours a day and you're dancing. And I did do, I did do a, a music video today. So with uh, yeah. Andrew Reynolds. Yeah. So, it's I mean, be, I was, there was some sweat. There you go. Some heavy breathing. Is, <laughs> is it hard for you to let go of work? Uh, like, are you wanting to work out? No, I'm like, I'm so tired, but I do feel it's weird. Like, I used to get these massages and people would like talk about my muscle tone. Like, yeah, hey, you have such good muscle tone. And I'm like, oh, thanks. But I didn't really know what that meant. And now I yeah. can feel my legs and I'm like, oh, they feel like, like a squishy little squish now and like a squishy and not like what they used to feel like. And I'm like, oh, I think that's what they meant. I think that like, I think I've lost all my muscle tone. I'm do you feeling feel, a little bit bad about myself, but like, do you feel just, weaker? Like a lot weaker? I don't know how to answer that question. So, well, listen, I'm just trying to reframe this for you. Like if you, if your life isn't such that you would notice a difference in your strength level between mm -hmm. when you were working out constantly and when you're working out not at all, it seems like the only thing Thing maybe that you're missing is masseuses telling you that they like your muscle tone. I mean, I haven't been, I mean, to be fair, I haven't been getting any massages either. Oh, there you go. So maybe I feel like I'm missing sweating. Okay. Well, you can sweat, girl. I don't know how to do that. What? How? I can't, I need it like a sauna, I guess. Yeah. Just get in a sauna, right. listen to like some meditation, you know, or like, I don't take a hot shower, either. take a hot bath. I've been taking hot baths. I do okay. love my hot baths. Well, guys, I have to go give my 
child these crystals to send them on their way. That's really exciting moment for them. And I know I'm super excited. I'm really proud of my kid. And I and I'm I'm really proud of my kid. And I'm just like happy for them. And I'm sad that I can't be there, but at the same time, I'm okay. It's not about me, it's about them. And I'm excited they get to be there. Yeah. And they'll get to tell you all about it and that will be like reliving it and it's going to be really cool. And I'm sorry that you can't go, but also I think it's going to still be cool and you're still going to almost burst with pride. I already have. (laughs) Look at me bursting, (laughs) throwing nachos on the ground. Gina's asleep over there with her paws underneath the curtains. Her favorite place to be. Ugh. Hey, thanks to everyone who um, made photoshops of Gina rowing crew. Really appreciate that. That was that brought that was a bright spot last week in a in a week that if you if you listen to this podcast, you know was <laughs> there weren't a lot of bright spots. But I really appreciate it, and um, we love you guys. And, and maybe next week we'll be. A very cheerful, LOL, laugh a minute podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to have so much Christmas spirit and cheer and shit. Maybe I'll microdose mushrooms next week before the podcast. Can you get me some mushrooms for... (laughs) I'm serious. Wait, can you get me some mushrooms for uh, over the New Year's? I will try. I'll... I mean, we'll go to Oakland. Where'd you get those mushrooms? Like a little English man that had them. All right, all right. I'll get them from Kelly Oxford. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, it's legal in Oakland. So, you know, that's the that's worst case scenario. We go to Oakland. All right. To get them. Guys, we love you. Maybe next week we'll be on mushrooms. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and right. um okay. Talk to you soon. We love you. Be good. We love you. Oh, no.